0: Right on set. Rolling. Action. Action. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Booked. I hope you all are so excited, just as I am, for this. I hope you guys love this episode. So, let's just get right into it. So today, like I said, uh, this the last Friday episode. Today it will be Team Edward versus Team Jacob, a in-depth analysis about which boy was the better choice, um, and we're gonna be fully analyzing everything about them and specifically their actions for the through the first three Twilight books, um, as well as movies, because a lot of the things that they do in the books do actually happen in the movies, which I am pretty thankful for. They didn't really cut out too many things from. The original text. Um, so I'm gonna. I chose the first three movies just because I feel like by Breaking Dawn she's already made up her mind. So in that sense, I feel like everything that Jacob does in Breaking Dawn doesn't exactly count, um, just because she's already married and expecting Edward's child by that time. So I'm just gonna be doing the first three to when she she could have changed her mind, but didn't. Um, So, I'm going to be starting off with book one. Um, As you guys probably know if you've already read the books, uh, Jacob isn't really in this book all that much, save for just a few spare chapters. Um, He's not really a main character. You can probably tell that he likes her a little bit. Um, But it's not anything too crazy and definitely not something that would show that this is going to be a love triangle later on. Um, So... I'm going to start with uh, Edward first. Just as a reminder, this is going to be spoilers uh, throughout the entire book, but I'm going to go through Edward's side of book one first, just because he covers the span of the entire book, and then I'll pop in for what Jacob does throughout that as well. Then we'll go back and forth. So, for starters, in case people are not aware, um, Edward was born in the year 1901, and at 17, he became a vampire. So, when the very first book came out, he was about 104 years old. Um, I believe he was an only child, but um, because he was born in the early 1900s, and he was suffering some Spanish influenza, he was pretty much near death, and his parents had already died. So, as far as any siblings, relatives of his they're definitely all gone by now um jacob on the other hand has two older sisters uh rachel and rebecca um it's mentioned very briefly that rachel got a scholarship to washington state and that rebecca married a samoan surfer and she now lives in hawaii um so that's just like a very brief (laughs) introduction so that you get a good idea i believe jacob is about 15 years old in this book um So if you wanted to kind of gauge her age, um, Bella is also 17 in the first book. So um, a lot of what I write about in the first book was also taken from Midnight Sun. A lot of the different quotes that I found quite interesting um, that really kind of shows what he was thinking in the time because I think Bella knew what was going on to an extent, but she definitely didn't know a lot of what he was thinking. Um, he, He has very deep, thoughts and everything he does is decently intentional unless he's angry um, or anxious. So uh, that's why I chose to go through Midnight Sun and go through the different quotes of that. Uh, One of the first quotes I have um, is from page 12 and it says, I would not kill her cruelly. That much I could give this stranger with horribly desirable blood. Um, It's pretty much stated from the beginning that Bella's blood is so sweet and so enticing that Edward just sort of freaks out um, and he really he really wants to kill her uh and actually it describes in that first book while he's glaring at her and making her feel uncomfortable he's also thinking about all the different ways he could kill her all the different ways he could maybe not even kill her at school maybe go to her house and kill her there uh very strange and bizarre opening to a love story um it goes on to say that uh he also like tried to like drop The biology class that he was in with Bellas that he could completely avoid her entirely, which also doesn't fare well if you want to have a romantic relationship with someone in the future. You might not want to avoid their entire existence. Um, And, fun fact, because she has this natural shield over her mind, uh, he cannot read her mind, uh, which very, like, deeply troubles him. He's obsessed with wanting to know what she thinks all the time because he's so used to being able to have, like, 100% access to everybody's mind that he's just, like, upset and weirded out by the fact that he can't read her mind. Um, he actually leaves to go to the clan in Alaska so that he can decide what he's gonna do, uh, if he's going to stay in Forks and finish up high school and figure out how to deal with Bella later, or if he's going to, like, fully leave, um, give himself, like, a proper departure that fits in with their alibi. Um, so he decides to come back to Forks and just sort of face it head on, and that's where we have this really awkward but polite conversation between the two of them. Um, he, because he's reading other people's mind, he knows to call her Bella. He knows to correct people when they call her Isabella because she doesn't like that. Um, but he also knows what Alice sees in the future. Alice, even at this point early on, can see that she's either going to be dead or she's going to become a vampire um and so he again tries to avoid her to an extent um so that neither of those things happen and that they could just live their lives separate from each other um unfortunately though that is not in the plans um bella is in the wrong place at the wrong time and ends up almost getting crushed slash killed by a van that was out of control on the ice um And because, obviously, when that happens, your blood is spilt, he freaked out and actually saved her life. Uh, So, bonus points to Edward for saving her life. Whether it be because he didn't want to see her blood or because he genuinely cared, it's kind of up in the air. Um, But still, he saved her. Um, But then, of course bella being bella she doesn't notice that like well you weren't standing next to me you weren't by me like how'd you get over here and he immediately tries to diminish it it comes off super condescending borderline gaslighting um he says nobody will believe that you know can't you just thank me and get over it as from page 71 of midnight sun um so he's very condescending very rude actually when she's just trying to understand like what happened because i don't even think she at this point is really thinking like oh, I don't think he's human, but this is definitely bizarre, this is a bizarre thing, um, so she really wants to know why, like, how that happened, and I would, too, I would totally be like that, so him just sort of dismissing the entire thing, um, it's just, like, very weird, um, and as we go on through the story, he is, he is two really funny, or at least I think they're funny, um, quotes. So from page 73, it says, I was gritting my teeth against the urge that had me yearning to ditch to, in order to find the girl again, like a stalker, an obsessed stalker, an obsessed vampire stalker. And from page 76, he says, I tried to imagine how the girl would react to my kidnapping her. Of course, I rarely guessed her reactions right, but what other response could she have besides terror? I don't know. that like, it's funny, but it's also... He's so self-aware that what he's doing is, like, insane and how he feels about her is insane um, that I, I do think it's, it's very bizarre. Um, I'm glad he has some self-awareness, so I'm not as creeped out as I would be. But personally, I don't think I want somebody that imagines kidnapping me or stalking me throughout my day, whether reasons are good or not. Um, if there even is a good reason to stalking somebody. Um as we go on through the story, he is forced to um defend Bella in front of his family because obviously they're not going to react well to her possibly knowing that they're vampires cuz you know, it's really dangerous to know um if someone is a vampire cuz that can put them in a really bad situation aka the Volturi. Um and he also does consider like if Bella will become a vampire, how does he feel about that? And he he himself sees becoming a vampire as sort of, like, sentencing someone to, like, a life in prison or death sentence. He doesn't think that being a vampire is a good thing. He, he associates it with, like, losing your soul. You're already going to go to hell. He has no good connotations or associations with this at all. But uh, as we go on, uh, he does still feel genuinely interested in Bella even though he's trying to avoid her, he still wants to know what she's doing, um, who she's talking to, like, eavesdropping in on conversations. It's still, like, a fascination for him, even though he's trying to distance himself. Um, he definitely can't admit that he's falling for Bella. He very much tries to deny it, um, and tries to think that it's just because he can't read her mind or just because he wants to drink her blood, um, that sort of thing. Um, and he does sometimes have a staring problem. He'll just, like, stare at her as if as if she's just really creepy. So on page 108, he goes on to say, I was not the one she was destined to say yes to. It was someone else, someone human and warm, and I cannot even let myself, someday when that yes was said, hunt him down and kill him, because she deserved him, whoever he was. She deserved happiness and love with wh- whomever she chooses. Um, I know that's something that he definitely tries... To convince himself even later on in the books is that she always deserves someone better um and i know at times in, in normal relationships when that is said um it's usually because they're insecure they don't think they're good enough but he's coming from this perspective of like well i have the ability to kill her if i don't control my instincts and urges so i should stay away from her for her own safety and my own sanity And that's why she deserves somebody else, someone that won't, like, condemn her to this darkness. So that I can understand, and I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing that he has that mentality of, like, she should always be with somebody else. Um, As we go on, though, he's going to lose extra points because he sneaks into her bedroom because he has this obsessive anxiety, just concerned that she's going to somehow get hit by a meteor, die, fall out of her window, like, literally anything he can think of, he becomes terrified will happen to her um so he convinces himself that oh if i watch her sleep then she'll be safe because i'm already right there which no absolutely not um as we as, as as they continue talking to each other he obviously knows about her plan to go to seattle um as a way to avoid the school dance so he asks her to go to seattle it'll be a nice little date day she agrees um it's something that she's definitely looking forward to um but I feel like as he's talking with her and all these conversations he always says something that's like a little bit passive-aggressive a little like eh, maybe you shouldn't have said that and then he does apologize for it so I feel like he's always like saying something he doesn't mean to because it's like the first thing that pops into his head and then he's like oh okay sorry and at least he's saying sorry but I mean hopefully this paper doesn't continue to the rest of the book but we'll see um he also ends up having lunch with her um like actually just like with her which obviously is so crazy and awful because at the school all of the cullen family sit together so the fact that he's sitting alone with the new girl everyone's like whoa um but it gives him a chance to sort of talk with her about the theories that she has about who he is, um, as well as just get to know her on a more one-on-one basis, since they don't really have much time to talk outside of school anyways. Um, really throughout the entire minutes and book, he's really just trying to balance his own desires while keeping himself a secret from her. He's trying to figure out the best way to get around it. Um, and then after, after lunch, she goes off to class to do blood typing, where we, we all infamously learn that she, apparently she can smell blood and it smells like rust or salt or whatever and he ends up carrying her taking her from mike and carrying her to the nurse himself um and further on and like insists on driving her home even though he even acknowledges that she's perfectly capable of doing it herself which i mean is nice and and sweet that he like was like i'm gonna make sure that you get home good and I also want extra time to talk to you. So I'm using that as an excuse to talk to you as well. Bella agrees to it after a little bit of pushing um, from his part, but nothing too crazy. Um, he goes on to remark um, on page 141, run, Bella, run. I love you too much for your your good or mine. Uh, I thought that was really sweet. That's one of my favorite lines, um, just because he's finally admitting it to himself that he actually, like, is in love with her and does love her genuinely um he even composes this really pretty lullaby that's also in the movie um that reminds him of bella and then that's why specifically a lullaby since she sleeps and he can't um and page 157 he says uh well for this moment she had a protector i would watch over her keep her from harm for as long as i could justify it Um, yeah. Keyword there. Justify it. Um, he watches her from the shadows when it's sunny outside and when he can't go out. Um, and it's all because of the justification that like, if I'm not there, something will happen to her. Um, and of course, by fate of the book, this does actually occur. Um, he ends up following her to Port Angeles when she goes there to hang out with Jessica and Angela. Um, it's something that she was looking forward to but she goes off on her own to go find this bookstore. And she ends up getting lost and ends up being cornered by this group of men that want to harm her. Um, and he can read their mind so he knows, like, oh, this is not a good situation. Um, so he ends up driving in really quickly, telling her to get inside the car and quickly gets her to safety. Uh, while also debating, should I go back and kill them? Should I be okay? Like I don't know. Um, Is he ends up deciding to spend the rest of the night with her, even insisting on taking her out to get some food, because um, he's he's watching her to see if she's gonna like go into shock, if she's gonna have an emotional breakdown. Like he wants to be there to support her after he just sh- saved her life in that way, Um, which is awesome. I'm so glad that they did that, and also gives them an opportunity to talk about Bella's latest theory. Um, which I think now is a good time as ever to start talking about Jacob. Um, so as as Bella's gone through all this cycle with Edward, um, she gets invited to go to the beach um, by Mike Newton and the rest of the family. Um, the- human family of friends kind of thing um and so they all go to la push beach which bella does invite edward to but obviously because it's la push on the reservation he can't go because of the treaty um so she ends up going to the beach and lo and behold jacob's there and she manages to talk with jacob about the cullen family because they're brought up at the beach um and she notices that jacob like reacts very weirdly to them so She basically does flirt with him to an extent. It's nothing crazy. Um, But she does let him talk about the the stories or he thinks they're just stories. Um, about the cullens um he treats it all as like some superstitious fairy tale um and he even picks up on mike's jealous voice when he when mike sees jacob and bella talking um he definitely has somewhat of a crush on her um but it's still in the baby stages seeing as like this is like the first time she's coming to la push after moving to forks um and he he continues to try to make conversation with her um Bella actually says, I felt guilty as I said this, knowing I'd want, I'd used him, but I really did like Jacob. He was someone I could easily be friends with. Yeah. Well, you just used him for information and, uh, good luck being friends with him. We'll see. We'll see later on how he sort of breaks that. Um, but yeah, at this point he's still very just like, Oh, I got to talk to her. She's really great. I really like her. She's super nice. Um, very, like, innocent thinking, honestly, especially for how a 15-year-old thinks. I'm sure he was super excited that he was talking to a 17-year-old girl. Um, so now back on to the events of Edward and Bella. Um, so Edward, Edward and Bella get into the car after the whole Port Angeles incident, and he lets Bella reveal that she knows that he's a vampire because Jacob told her, um, and he's trying to accept it they have this kind of intense conversation where she says like oh it doesn't even matter that you're a vampire and he's like what do you mean it doesn't matter like it does and he gets very angry and defensive but i think a lot of that has to do with how he sees himself how he sees it as a curse so he doesn't understand why it wouldn't matter to her when he sees himself as like such like a demented monster um he ends up driving her home gets her home safely and then he also tells carlisle about guy in port angeles so they both go back to port angeles to ensure that he faces some sort of consequence for what he attempted to do to bella um and now we get to um towards the middle of the book which i felt like it took forever to get to the middle of midnight sun but i'll talk about that next week um so instead of going to seattle um edward says like you know what hey like i want to i want to do something else instead of seattle how about we go to this meadow and it's a meadow that really only he goes to i don't think any of the other family have gone there um but he he really wants to be more vulnerable more open with her he knows this is going to be such like a monumental step in either their relationship or the thing that'll cause her to run away from him or die because that's also a possibility um page 221 he says i can't afford to make mistakes and it would be a monumental mistake to dwell on the strange hungers that thought of her lips her skin her body were shaking me loose inside it's basically implied that he's never really loved somebody they even state in his history that he kind of wanted to be a soldier because he was alive during world war one time uh, he never really considered loving somebody so this is like the first time he really fell hard for someone, so that's why he really wants to make sure he doesn't mess it all up. Um, he, this is when he starts the habit of picking Bella up for school every single day, even uh, even though she has her own car, um, he still wants to do that for her. Um, and in a way, this also is like kind of like a public display that they are now seeing each other, seeing as no one's picked up by Edward before. Um, so he's sort of telling everybody that this is who I'm with now. Um, he also uh, was told by Bella on numerous occasions that uh, he dazzles her and he doesn't quite know how but he starts figuring out the different ways he can dazzle her and sort of uses it to his advantage to get her all flushed or, or stuttery. Um, I guess that's the way that they they flirt with each other um, And I want to mention too that Alice has seen the future where it, of, of when he leaves her in the second book she sees that and she warns him in the first book, hey, this is what Bella's going to be like when you leave. Just want to mention that. And I'll talk about that when we get to New Moon as well. Just want to mention that he knew well in advance how Bella would react to him leaving. Um, so continuing on, um, again with the monster narrative on page three thirty three eleven, he says, For a few moments I thought seriously about killing myself. It was the only way I knew to be sure that the monster didn't survive. Uh, and then page 334 as usual i wasn't truly angry angry with her only myself yes her responses for me were always backward but that was because in another way they were right she was always too kind she was always gave me credit i didn't deserve worried over my feelings as if they mattered um so he thinks very lowly of himself and he definitely doesn't want the internal monster as he refers to it the, the thing that wants him to drink blood he doesn't want that side to win um and like i said he he does often have these moments where he says something where she assumes that he's mad at her in one way or another. Um, even though he's more angry at himself, but he doesn't really know how to show that to her. And, and he's right. She's always thinking that, oh, it's all my fault. Um, and he tries to get this behavior to stop. I honestly think it stems back more from her parents, seeing as she hasn't really had much relationship history. Um, but he does try to sort of tell her like hey you no it's not because of you it's me um and like i said takes her to the meadow he becomes very vulnerable by showing himself in the in the sunlight um but he does struggle a lot to avoid his instincts at times sometimes scaring her while trying to show the power and strength that he has but it's all because he's very convinced that he has to show her how dangerous he is so that she knows and that she i guess in a way has an informed decision but also he knows that humans aren't supposed to be attracted to vampires like that he knows that they're supposed to be scared of him so the fact that she's not he really wants to get her scared because that's the normal reaction and he doesn't want her to keep putting herself in danger because in a way she is in danger by being with him since he struggles so much about controlling his strength and his thirst um he um they they um, actually share a really sweet first kiss it is super passionate uh, especially on Bella's side he has to p- sort of pull himself away from her um its a really nice kiss um and then they go back home this is where he admits to Bella that he actually does watch her when she sleeps and he does this and I'm glad that he does um I don't I'm not glad that he watches her when she sleeps but I'm glad that he at least has the audacity to tell her um just because I feel like you can't keep secrets like that you need her to know because um, that's so bad uh thankfully for him she's not too weirded out by it, which I'm shocked, like, okay, I'm surprised she reacted that way, but anything to keep the story going, um, he even insists, like, I can leave, like, I can let you be on your own, um, but she's like, no, stay, I want you to stay, it'll be fine, um, he, he acknowledges later on that, like, I will lose Bella in one way or another, whether it be, saying five years down the road she'll get tired of me and then she'll leave me like that or maybe one day she'll die that sort of thing um but he's so he's like content now in this space he really wants to just enjoy any span of time with her even if it's short um he then goes on to introduce her to his family he brings her to the family baseball game to have sort of bonding time since he knows like his family really wants to meet her he even um is insistent on having this proper boyfriend introduction with charlie because he wants to keep that nice uh healthy father-daughter relationship going on um but as we know this baseball game does go wrong um edward is Uh, has to go into protective mode um because other vampires have come into the field where they're playing baseball and have noticed that bella is a human um it actually says in midnight sun that he actually tries to tap his foot in in a specific way so that it matches the beats to her heart so that the vampires won't think that bella's heart is beating they'll just look at his foot Uh, i thought that was really clever uh it obviously didn't work but i thought that was super clever that he like thought that quickly and that far ahead um he's incredibly anxious about the entire thing especially knowing that James the vampire who's gonna kill her or tried to is a tracker um he, because of his anxiety he snaps at like his family at, at Bella he just wants to get Bella to safety now and he's convinced that like oh, I'm gonna just drive and get her on a plane and we'll go to an f- abandoned island and boom done um it's, it takes a little bit to get him to be reasoned with, um, but he is able to sort of be like, okay, breathe, now we'll continue, um, so he does end up agreeing with Bella's plan, he's like, okay, I guess we can go with your plan, um, and try to get the safest possible way out of Forks for her, um, he is also really full of guilt for this entire thing, and this is the guilt that's gonna tell him to do the things he does in New Moon, um, he's- Racing to save her life, Uh, obviously, as we get later through the end of the story, she Bella goes to see James because she thinks that her mother is in danger, but really, it was just a trap. James was going to kill her the entire time, so Edward is absolutely racing to get there as quickly as possible. And it's not his fault that he didn't know that Um, she purposely hid it from uh, Edward and Alice that she was planning on doing that. So. Now we get into the climax of the very last climax of the book. Uh, He confronts James immediately as soon as he gets in there. He immediately tries to kill him. Uh, His brothers take over so that he can go take care of Bella because she's very seriously injured. And that's when he notices that, you know, James bit her on the hand. And now Venom is coursing through her veins and almost changing her into a vampire. And so he's forced with either having her become a vampire or trying to save her life and have her live as a human, and he decides to keep her as a human to take the venom out because, really, she's not in a place right at this moment to be like, I want to become a vampire. Um, She's just in so much pain that I think it was really smart for him to not just let the venom go through his veins. Even though we know later on that she does really want to become a vampire, I know that in this moment, it just wasn't the right time, and he knew that, and he also had the motive of, like, I don't want to, like destroy her soul or whatnot so he's he just decides to take the venom out um he also stays in the hospital for the entirety of her stay to make sure she's fully taken care of by the doctors carlisle is one of her doctors um so that ends up working out fine um he makes sure that um bella's mother and father know where she is how she's doing um, bella's mother actually comes to see her and he tries to be as courteous as possible with her but also give them space so that they can talk um he he is still so full of guilt, though. On page 613, he says, I didn't deserve any link, any claim to her at all. He's very convinced that he has to leave Bella at this point for her own safety. Um, he tries to dismiss any conversation about her becoming a vampire. Uh, he does not want to talk about it, and he's very much just sort of trying to figure out, how am I going to leave her? Um, not because he doesn't love her, but because he just he just feels like she'll be better off without him um the epilogue at the very end is uh he manages to take bella to prom even though she has this very strange i don't know if it's like social anxiety or if she's just super insecure but she hates going to social functions um but he manages to uh get her to go to prom not by her own will he does force her to go um and at the end he does let jacob dance with bella um because jacob was sent there by his dad to warn her about dating Vampires. Um, the last bit of Jacob's part. Um, like I said, he always tries to make a pretty nice conversation with her. He does what his dad tells him to do though, even though he thinks the whole thing is ridiculous and even though he's not necessarily thrilled that she's dating Edward, he still like is okay with it. Uh, Edward actually comments within the book that his mind was pure and open and easy to be inside. Um, and that sentence sounds weird but he more means like his mind is just very nice like he's very kind um and so and he's also like accepting of the situation uh, as it is he does openly call her pretty and glances at her figure um and then asks her to dance as well but obviously this is prom um he lets edward take the lead um at the, after they're done with their dance after they're done with their conversation and that's sort of where we end off with book 1 um so as of right now, obviously, I think we all, for the most part, like Edward. None of us, I don't, I don't think any of us really necessarily liked Jacob at this point because we don't really know that much about him. Um, but uh, we're going to learn a lot about him in book two. Um, so Edward doesn't have much of a presence in book two. So I'll just give a very brief summary of the things that happened at the beginning. Um at, at book two, it is now Bella's 18th birthday. She um, specifically asked, like, hey, do not give me a present. I do not want a present. So she's like, Everett be- uh, is like, fine, I will not get you a present. Um, he does accept that, but he does um, force her to go to her own birthday party, um, which ends up with her sort of slicing her finger open very dramatically in the movie, of course. And um, Jasper then is sort of enthralled by the smell of her blood and tries to kill her and edward then has to push her out of the way pushing her out of the way though was one of the stupidest things he could have ever done because in in the movie too you see this she's thrown into a wall full of glass like vases and her whole arm is sliced open the entire family has to leave the house because her blood's just everywhere um and yeah so that moment is pretty much whenever it's like, okay, no, I'm leaving right now. We're not doing this anymore. He, he even says at the end of book one, like, I'm gonna wait for the right time to leave her. And this is apparently the right time to leave her. So he, they have like a few days where he does like avoid her. He doesn't really talk to her much. He is pulling away, um, which is so hard to read. I don't know if anyone else has ever had a relationship that ended like that. But it's very accurate, I feel, to how that does happen in real life. Um, so it was very painful to read. Um, he ends up leaving her. He has her go into the woods to talk to him so they can be private. I don't know why they, they're they not going to talk inside her house, but okay. Um, he actually convinces her that the reason that he's leaving is because he doesn't want her anymore. And he thinks that by doing that, she'll accept that he's leaving more which is horrible. He basically crushes all of the 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 security she felt with him by saying like I just don't want you anymore. I think I think I'm going to move on and that's so heartbreaking because it's the her first relationship, her first serious relationship with somebody and he's just crushing her left and right. Um she, he leaves and he makes sure that his whole entire family leaves too so that they are forced to never speak to her again. It's no contact. Cold turkey, uh, erases himself from her entire life very quickly, um, and that, that just, like, breaks her, um, as I think it would anybody when suddenly you have someone who's your whole world and then suddenly they're gone. It is pretty much as if they just died, um, so that's where we start off the book, so it's not a great start, but here's where Jacob steps in, um, uh, in chapter 5, Bella actually comments, I'd forgotten how much I really liked Jacob Black. Um, in this book, he is now 16 years old. It takes a little bit for Bella to actually go even see Jacob in the first place. Um, I believe it had a lot to do with Charlie trying to push her to go hang out with Jacob uh, as well. But um, it's very sweet how she is going to go hang out with him. Um, she originally hangs out with him because she buys motorcycles um and the motorcycles she's gonna ride because she has this weird hallucination that if she's in danger she'll see edward again honestly the fact that that's a plot point is like very disturbing to me um especially since like you know that the entire time that she's with jacob she's doing it just so she can see edward again so it is very Sad if you're if you care about Jacob, you know that that like, oh, that's pretty sad. She's only doing all this just so she can see him again. Um, but uh, no matter what, though, Jacob is just so happy to be spending time with her. He's definitely told his friends how much he likes her, uh, and they actually genuinely have a good time together. He's not consistently being knowing about how much he likes her, he just has like a really awesome conversation with her. Um, and it's not awkward or hard to read at all um it's very normal conversation but also just conversation between friends and I think I really like that approach that he's taking where he's just trying to be friends or they're just trying to get to know her better um especially considering that I'm sure he's heard from Billy how bad of a condition she was in and he tries to be as sensitive as possible about that topic as well um so they spend so much time together consecutive days together as well uh whether it be bike related or homework related he doesn't really care um and he does end up getting the bikes fixed and teaches her how to drive it but um obviously that goes wrong uh being 16 i think he would have done it but also because it's her asking he would have done it as well um he has to talk bella into going to the hospital because she needs stitches in her forehead um because she you know fell into a rock. Um so he he's just going along for the ride really. He even um accepts Bella's plan of going to find the meadow where Edward took her. Um anything to sort of spend time with her. Uh, Bella in turn also brings him to a rated R movie. Um he he's known so much about her now that he knows her little quirks. He knows that She does not like music right now, and he just accepts it. He doesn't ask any questions. He just sort of continues on, like, okay, I understand. Let's continue. He's very gentle with her emotional state, which I think was so important for her. Um, And, well, when we're at the movie, he does say and sort of admit that, like, hey, I'm liking you. Um, And she sort of turns him down, and page 212, he says, that's okay, you know. As long as you like me the best— and you think I'm good looking, sort of. I'm prepared to be annoyingly persistent. But don't get mad at me for hanging around, okay? Because I'm not giving up. I've got loads of time. And yeah, that, that's the sentiment that he continues. He he really is going to be there for the long run. I think in this sense, he meant it as like, like, hey, I'm going to be here for you whenever you're ready. Whenever you feel like you can move on. Um, i I'll just be here. Um, and I think that was really nice. Um, he's not wrong about the annoyingly persistent, and we'll see that in book three as well. Um, in page 216, he, uh, Arbella actually remarks, he left his arm... He left his arm around me and it was so warm that the cold wind felt good. I stared out the windshield, consumed with guilt. It was so wrong to encourage Jacob. Pure selfishness. Doesn't it matter that I try to make my position clear? If he felt any hope at all that this could turn into something other than friendship, then I hadn't been clear enough. And she's 100% correct. I feel like everything with Jacob happens because there's so few boundaries between them or boundaries that aren't said. Um, and I think that's why. It gets really hard i mean for crying he says she he left his arm around her like she's cuddling into him because he's warm like you don't i don't know many guys who would just cuddle with their girl best friends but i've never done that before i don't think i ever will because that just that's just a boundary that i don't feel like you should cross when you're trying to show somebody i do not have feelings for you um jacob does admit that he never wants to hurt her and he always wants her to be able to count on him whilst bella is like i just wish you were my brother so it'd be easier um obviously by chapter nine jacob becomes a werewolf and because of being a werewolf he becomes very angry and bitter not at bella just at the whole world at this point um and he's also forced into secrecy by the pack um bella actually tries to confront him about it because he can't talk to her anymore he can't see her he can't hang out with her um page 271 he says don't blame yourself don't think that this is that this is your fault this one's on this one is all on me i swear it's not about you um it's not you it's me really that's actually a line from the movie um but yeah it's almost like he's breaking up with her but it's also because he's trying to balance like his duty to the pack and what he needs to do for them even if he doesn't want to, but he now feels this awful obligation. Um, but trying to make up for it, he does, um, try to see Bella, uh, by going to her house, um, and getting into, going into her bedroom, uh, with her permission, of course. Um, and, trying to be truthful as best he can while also acknowledging the secrecy that he has thankfully he already mentioned to her that he was a werewolf in the first book so she already knows to an extent she just has to like remember he wants her to understand that he's a werewolf even though like she has a potential to leave him for good because of it because like edward he thinks of himself as a monster um he's very angry at edward for leaving her in danger um and he wants to keep promises that he made even before he came became a werewolf um so and that includes cliff diving um which becomes the worst decision anyone kind have ever made. Uh, Bella decides to go cliff diving on her own after um, Jacob wasn't able to cliff dive with her that day because she was so persistent about seeing Edward that she had to go cliff diving on this particular day. Um, she almost drowns while cliff diving and Jacob has to go pull her out of the water and make sure that she's breathing because she pretty much just drowned um, after jumping off this cliff in bad weather, mind you. Um, so clearly he's not happy but he's just gonna try to help her out (laughs) um because you're not okay and we need to possibly get you to the hospital um but then that's when he when he tries to take her home they notice that the Cullen's car is in the driveway and so he starts panicking he starts freaking out because he knows like if the Cullens are back then he can't protect her from them but if this is a different vampire he needs to protect her and so he's very nervous he's very anxious much like edward um and he tries to insist that that she stay with him but she is very insistent on seeing who it is um and ends up being okay it's just alice um but just the fact that he's willing to break the treaty to protect her i think says a lot about how much he cares um they i think devotion to the pack and devotion to bella really need to be better balanced and i guess we'll see if he does that in the next book um and so this one gets interesting. So Alice had a vision of Bella jumping off the cliff. That's why she went to Forks. But Edward heard from Rosalie about it, too. So Edward kind of correctly assumed that she did it to die because she was willing to die when she realized that she was drowning. Um. So Jacob answers the phone when it rings, which why are you answering a phone at someone else's house? I don't know. Don't do that. Don't answer a phone at someone else's house. Um. He explains how Charlie is at a funeral, but doesn't explain whose funeral it was i wholeheartedly blame him for the miscommunication um he immediately panics when bella becomes all concerned and says that she needs to go to italy because what about your dad like just forget about edward like stay here what are you doing um he doesn't want her to get hurt he doesn't want her to leave um and so that's when we get into italy when we finally see edward again um he he's pretty much in italy to die uh cause that's apparently how you die if you're a vampire you go to italy to get killed um and he he just wants to end his life because now that the love of his life is dead he wants to also die he's so full of guilt for everything that happened that he he wants to end it too um but obviously bella saves his life and now he's confronted with the Volterra knowing that Bella knows that they're vampires. Um, he tries his best to protect her in any way that he can. Um, they end up leaving Volterra alive under the pretense that she will become a vampire. And he he's very cautious with her. Um, so much sure of that he doesn't really even speak to her. They just share, like, long glances. I think he he's very concerned about, like her emotional state and what she's really thinking and feeling. I, I know that he's super happy to be back. He mentions that, that he was going to come back either way. Um, but he really wants to make sure that she's like, okay. Um, he he tells her like, hey, I'm, I'll stay in your life as long as you want me to, but I'm not going to go anywhere unless you... I'm, I'm, I'm going to go unless you want me to stay, pretty much is how it is. Um, so she wants him to stay. Um, and that's, that's when she she comes back from a meeting with the Cullen family where they all voted on if she was going to become a vampire or not, which she was so angry about, but we'll get more onto that in book three. Um, But there's this final standoff between Jacob and Edward um, over Bella. So Edward is very appreciative for Jacob, um, but obviously he's concerned because Jacob's a werewolf, and werewolves, at least in this mythology, they become a werewolf by um having like a strong emotion. Um, so they can be a little bit uncontrollable at the beginning when they're learning how to control their emotions. Um, which is why um he doesn't really want Jacob to get near her. Um, it's it's a pretty serious argument. Jacob actually is there because he told Charlie about Bella's motorcycle as a way to get her grounded, as if Bella isn't already grounded for life for going to Italy for three days. Um and he does this specifically with the intent to make it so that bella can't see edward and that she'll be like grounded which is awful like what is wrong with you like stop (laughs) um he does try to control his emotions so that it doesn't get into a full-on fight specifically because bella is like stop i do not want you guys to fight um but he really doesn't see how he can possibly become friends with bella again um and he has just serious issues with edward now at this point like they're they f- I feel like they, they see each other as, like, or he sees him as, like, a complete, utter enemy. Um, so that is book two. On to book three. Okay, so book three, I think, is, is the book where we see the most love triangle argument back and forth. Um, so this is when I think we can really see who these two people have become. Uh, I guess as, like, a recap, Edward good then bad jacob good and then bad (laughs) so they have like their their uh, moments i think i think i can understand why people would be more on jacob's side as of the last book because we see the relationship that bella has had with jacob and like him more i know someone i talked to also said that they liked jacob because of his abs which sure okay? We see Jacob's abs in the second book or second movie. Um, but that's not the point. Bella likes more than just physical attractions. Now we're going to be head-to-head. Who is going to get the girl and who do I think got should have gotten the girl at the end? So starting off with Jacob, he, he ends up writing letters to her back and forth um, because he doesn't want to speak to her in person. And the main sentiment that he writes in it is he says, yeah, I miss you too, a lot. Doesn't change anything, sorry. Um, he's very much just like, we can't be friends anymore. I miss you, but we can't. We just, nope, not at all. Um, he's very much stuck between his hatred of vampires and the hatred of Bella's relationship, whilst also trying to keep his alliance with his own pack, um, and being, like, a good member. Um, so he's just... in some emotional turmoil at the beginning of the book at the beginning of the book for edward though he he's trying his very best to follow all of the rules that charlie has put forth as far as the grounding he doesn't complain at all he very much encourages bella to keep her relationship with her father and not go too crazy um and he he just wants things to go well um he This is her senior year, so they're going to be applying to colleges. He encourages her to do so. Um, Even though she's not really quite interested in a lot of colleges, I think she's more interested in Alaska at this point. Um, Bella is also very insistent that she will be a vampire after graduation. Um, He really is insistent on wanting Bella to really take her time. He wants to make sure that she's not missing any human experiences um, that she would have had if she didn't become a vampire very soon. Um, Because... Uh, Jacob being in turmoil, Bella feels all of this guilt over it. Um, But Edward really doesn't. He kind of he cares, but he doesn't really care about Jacob. He cares more about how it's making Bella feel. He really doesn't want Bella to go see Jacob under any circumstances because of how dangerous he perceives werewolves to be. Um, And he he just doesn't do it. He stops. He actually stops her car from working so that he so that like Bella can't actually go see Jacob at all um and things get pretty heated um here and there they have a couple of arguments about it and um it's it's not like great the the attitude that he has especially the way that he dismisses dismisses the end of the conversation um so at the beginning of the book as well Alice has this vision that Victoria the vampire from the first and second books that is constantly stalking Bella has come back and is going to be in town to get to bella so for for bella's 18th birthday she was gifted two airplane tickets to go see her mom in florida so edward is like hey we should use those plane tickets um and he uses the excuse like this might be the last time you can see her before graduation obviously it's really because victoria's in town he just doesn't want to tell her so when Jacob finds out that that Edward took her to Florida, he's, well, I guess he took her to Florida in parentheses because he doesn't think that that's true. Uh, he's immediately concerned that she became a vampire, and he actually goes down to the high school to confront the two of them um, and also, in a way, reveal um, what happened with Victoria as well. Um, he, he immediately just becomes confrontational about it um edward tries to shut down the conversation as much as possible but he does admit that he was wrong for not telling bella and he does agree to like actually do it um and tell her next time um also he jacob has this weird um line or, or sentiment that he keeps saying um in page 83 he says i guess i'll survive or something who needs friends it's so annoying it, it that that sentence just writhed me up like you are the one who are who's telling her we can't be friends anymore sorry but then you're saying that like, oh, who needs friends i guess you don't want to hang out with me or spend time with me it's like make up your mind first off, but also like to stop being like that. I hate anyone who is just like, Well, I guess I can't do that. It's so frustrating and annoying. Ugh, I've met so many people like that and they are the worst people ever. Um So yeah. And he keeps doing that throughout the entire book. So I guess you can see where I stand. Um he consistently calls the Collins bloodsuckers, even though Bella repeatedly says i do not like you calling that him them that um in return Everett also calls jacob a dog but it's only when he's really upset like because he knows that bella doesn't want him to say that about jacob so he doesn't unless he just can't control it and it just sort of slips out um uh jacob tries to get bella to see him um In fact, Bella manages to go hang out with him by avoiding Alice's visions by making a split-second decision instead of planning it in advance. Um, So she's able to go see him. But when she's there, all Jacob's trying to do is just convince Bella to leave Edward. Even saying, like, she should look within her own species. Um, And that that has to be so frustrating. Like, you just want to spend time with your friend and go back to the nice moments. But... He still wants to fight Edward. He still wants to kill him. He still thinks he should be with somebody else. And that has to be so frustrating, especially knowing that he's only saying that because he wants to be with you. Like, no, you don't care about my well-being. You just want me to be with you. And I I don't like that. I absolutely hate that. Um, Yet they still have these weird moments where they're just sort of oddly cuddling with each other. I do not understand this at all. Um, we also in this part of the book we learn what imprinting means. He actually sees if Bella's is his imprint by looking deep into her eyes. Obviously, she's not. Um, so there we go. Um, and because of this, uh, runaway with uh, Alice is actually hired by Edward to, um, I guess keep her hostage and have a sleepover party so that she can't go see Jacob. Um, and, uh, this is immediately not taken well by Bella because I should be allowed to see my friend. That's her perspective. I should be allowed to see him. Um, Edward immediately is like on um, page 142. He's like, because, oh, Bella says, because you're not going to react, overreact next time. And Edward says, because there isn't going to be a next time. And that's his response. Like, there isn't going to be a next time you're going to see Jacob. And I'm not going to overreact because there's not going to be a next time. It's not going to happen. I'm not going to let it. Um, He thankfully, though, admits that he was wrong. Um, And he actually uses the word berserk. That he goes berserk when he leaves her, which is correct. You are crazy. Um, And page 190, he goes on to say, I decided that you were right. My problem before was more about my prejudice against werewolves than anything else. I'm going to try to be more reasonable and trust your judgment. If you say it's safe, then I'll believe you. So that I think is really nice. I I, I think that was really nice for her... To sort of be like, okay, he understands now, um, and we can come to agreements on it. We can plan things out better. Um, obviously, that doesn't take away any of the fear that he has. I'm sure he still has a lot of that fear, but the fact that he was able to sit down with himself and understand, like, okay, this is why I'm really feeling this way, um, I think that actually helped them not fight. And so, hanging out with Jacob is no longer really that much of like a problem. Um, Jacob, though, he continuously be is like annoying. He often reminisces about how their friendship was before he became a werewolf as if like if they just did that then it'll be fine. But I don't think it was him becoming a werewolf. I think it was a lot of just the anger that he had toward Edward that made their relationship bad. Um he had every right to be mad at him for leaving and I'm sure it wouldn't have been bad if he was still mad at him. But I think it comes to a point where you should understand that someone doesn't have the same feelings as you and just stop being so judgmental and annoying about it. Um then when she's also hanging out with them, Bella does reveal that she wants to become a vampire. And he says on page 183, you'd be better off dead. I'd rather you were. I don't know about you, but I'd rather my friend live forever than die. Like, I don't know many people that would rather their friend actually be dead. I mean, he might see being a vampire as also like, oh, she'd become like a demon or a soulless monster or whatnot. But you can see Edward, you know. You can have your opinions on him, but he still is decently okay. Like he's not he's not going around killing everybody. He has control and he's still like himself to an extent. So you really don't know what Bella would be like as a vampire. Uh so just the fact that you'd rather her actually be just be full on dead, I just think is so uncalled for and she's so hurt by this. Um it's it's really it's really hurtful for her because this is something that she really wants That she really wanted her friend not necessarily to accept it but to just understand that this is what's going to happen and to let her live her life the way that she wants to uh he does call her jacob does call her repeatedly to apologize um he goes on to say in page 209 i was just being stupid i was angry but that's no excuse um so thankfully he can admit when he's wrong in that way um as as we go on in the book, we realize that a person, a vampire, entered into Bella's home um, and took some articles of clothing to collect her scent. Uh, immediately, Edward is panicked about it, as anyone would. He has his entire family sweep the woods um, just to make sure she's okay. And he ends up actually working together with Jacob to keep Bella safe. Um... And I thought that was very nice, is that they somehow have to come to a truce together in order to protect her from the threat that is coming to them. Um, So they have to sort of make this compromise. They also make a compromise about how he's going to take her to the uh, treaty borderline so that she can hang out with Jacob and that she'll just have a cell phone on her so that um, she'll text him when she's going to get picked up. And it seems like jacob's doing fine with this um he yeah, actually jacob actually invites her to a, a tribal meeting where she ends up falling asleep but he contacts edward himself and says hey you can pick her up uh, i'll meet you at the treaty line like he knows he knows that boundary he understands that and he helps her get home even though she's like borderline passing out um but because he's him he will do anything to hang out with her he's so excited to hang out with her even if he only got like two hours of sleep that night um another quote from edward actually is page 230 he says you don't have to ask for permission bella i'm not your father thank heaven for that so thankfully he's come like a full 180 where he doesn't feel like she needs to ask him permission for anything he'll just let her go see jacob if if she wants to he understands now how much jacob means um He even, uh, when he found out about the motorcycle, he actually, I thought this was really sweet. He bought a motorcycle to ride with Bella in case she wanted to keep riding it as, like, an effort to bond with her. Um, And I thought that was so sweet. Uh, Even though she didn't really want to ride motorcycles anywhere, it was just so sweet that he took the time to think, like, oh, maybe this is something she's actually interested in. And I want to be involved in that, like, because you know, he's a vampire. He can easily jump off the bike and help her out if she gets hurt or something. Um, so as Bella continues to hang out with Jacob, we get to the climax of their relationship where he admits his love for her. Haha. Ha. Page 327, Bella, I love you and I want you to pick me instead of him. I know you don't feel that way, but I need the truth out there so that you know your options. I wouldn't want a miscommunication to stand in our way. He then, immediately after that, forcefully kisses her to the point where she has to punch him in the face because she's so frustrated and annoyed. Um, And she doesn't even kiss him back. She's just like in shock waiting for him to stop so that she can punch him in the face after that, which is awful. That's assault. You do not do that. You do not forcefully kiss somebody against their will, especially when they're trying to tell you that they do not love you back. Um, he even comments page 332 that how to be better than kissing a rock um page 334 he grinned over at me you kissed me back no she did not she did not want any of what you just did to her that was awful that was rude that was completely uncalled for that in my opinion is when i was like absolutely not i don't care what anyone says edward all the way absolutely not we are not doing that i i do not feel comfortable that is a boundary that should not have been crossed she never said you could do that no absolutely not um yeah, he actually, Jacob actually even sticks around to see if Edward will fight him for it, Um and he doesn't, but, you know, he could have, he could have easily killed Jacob, but he didn't because, um yeah, I think he actually says, like, I'm not gonna kill you only because it'll hurt Bella, <laughs> Um so as we continue on, it is now, graduation day um or near graduation day jacob does try to apologize page 373 he says i shouldn't have kissed you like that it was wrong i guess well i guess i would elude myself into thinking you wanted me to um which is a nice sentiment i guess i mean i'm glad he's apologizing for it but it's not it's not exactly every apology that i that i would be expecting after that happened and at this graduation party um he which she's obviously kind of forced into having by alice and edward um uh, alice has like this vision about the, the actual army of newborn vampires and she's trying to go like stop this conversation with jacob and go trying to see what this vision was about um which of course jacob responds with, i guess you'd rather be with your real friends <sighs> so annoying and so frustrating it's not the point you're making her feel bad for just trying to leave this conversation to go deal with something else at the moment, something that's significantly more pressing than your feelings. Um, and he does end up get her attention, and she he shows her that he made this bracelet with like this wooden wolf figurine on it, um, which is nice. I mean, it's nice, a little graduation present. Uh, she does end up wearing it because she does actually enjoy it. Um, so like i said there's this newborn army he agrees to strategize with the Collins, um which is good they're gonna um agree to bella and the town's safety pretty much is why he's in it um and he he does try to reassure bella that he will win but it's more of like i'm gonna win because of course i'm gonna win it's not really like we're gonna win like don't worry um edward is more like don't worry about it because i'm right here and we're gonna all be okay he's a more reassuring one in that sense um edward is like i said trying to accommodate a lot of bella's fears and that involves uh actually staying out of the fight he finds a way to sort of be with her up on the mountain um to camp so that she's not going to be in danger which does work out in his favor um very well and we'll get that to that in a sec um and there comes this one moment where uh, Bella and Edward end up having a sleepover of their own and he adds this really pretty diamond to her bracelet that Jacob gave her. Uh, so that like, she also had like a part of him on her bracelet as well. And this is when we find out that Bella is really wanting to have sex. Um, she's very convinced that this is what she wants. She wants to have it that night even. Um, but Edward... Edward already has this conviction from his upbringing, like, we're not gonna have sex before marriage, but then he's also like, I will hurt you because I am vampire and strong. Um, It takes a lot of agreeing and a lot of debate and compromising, but finally they agree that if Bella marries him, that he will consider the sexual side of it, and that's when he officially proposes, gets down on one knee, and proposes and she actually says yes. Um, so point for Edward, he's succeeding very well in in the uh, coveting Bella. Um, then we get to the mountain. Uh, Jacob's actually tasked to carry her up the mountain so that um her scent sort of is masked by his own um he keeps bringing up how she should kiss him uh which is just really annoying and frustrating especially considering the um, the previous night's events where she said yes to edward um on the mountain though it's very cold it's snowing even though it's june um so jacob has to actually go into the tent to warm her up Uh, edward is corner like cornered into the back because he's naturally cold he doesn't want to make it worse um but jacob's like ooh, i can warm her up and decides to antagonize edward the entire time and um cuddles up with bella to keep her warm and let his mind wander um so that was a fun scene very humorous both in the movie and in the book um I would definitely go see this scene if I were you. Uh, in the morning, he... Oh, so it, actually before in the morning, we go into this conversation that, that Jacob and Edward had. And Edward comments on page 502, I'm not stupid enough to make the same mistake I made before Jacob. I won't force her as long as she wants me, I'm here. Uh, that was so sweet um, because Jacob's trying to get inside edward's head and convince him that what he's doing is wrong but edward really has already had all these conversations with himself he doesn't need jacob to be antagonizing him like this and that's when he just used to he like put his foot down and was like i'm not gonna leave her unless she says so um i thought that was like really sweet uh in the morning though uh jacob is woken up when uh edward unzips the sleeping bag and jacob by being cascaded onto the cold ground he rolls back over on top of bella and and edward launches him across the tent and there's almost like a brief fight um but it's just like i thought that part was really funny where he was just like get off of her um so as as he goes to try to gauge how if the fight was starting or not uh edward specifically or as jacob goes to gauge how the fight is starting, edward actually pulls bella aside starts talking about their top 10 nights that they had together and he specifically mentions the marriage proposal uh, because he knows jacob can hear him um he he doesn't necessarily consider how bella feels about this he wants jacob to know he wants jacob to know she said yes to me so back off um but bella is immediately panicked because she didn't want jacob to find out this way She's immediately concerned that he's going to be upset uh, and when he sees this reaction in bella he takes a step back like okay i can move past all the petty emotions I should go get Jacob so that they can talk. So he manages to convince Jacob to come back so they can talk. uh, Which he didn't have to do at all. Um, But he did. And this is when I get to one of the most awful parts of the book. Page 523, Jacob remarks, The pretty serious fight brewing down there. I don't think it'll be that difficult to take myself out of the picture. What's the difference, Bella? That... This will only make it more convenient for everyone. You wouldn't even have to move. He's basically implying, like, I should just go die. You don't even care about me. Um, Just very whiny, complaining. Oh, my word. So annoying. Um, And he's even like, well, I'll stay if you do this, basically. If you kiss me or if you love me, then I'll stay. Which, no, absolutely not. She does not feel that way about you. And you guilt-tripping her by saying, I'm going to go purposefully make sure I die if you don't. That is so awful. I do not understand how anyone could be like that, but people are actually like that. Um, So he even remarks later on, are you sure you want me to come back or do you really want me to die? Um, Just awful, awful manipulation, but she does end up kissing him um, and then he goes off to fight in the war because he has to. Um, Bella is immediately guilty, obviously, because you just kissed a guy and you just are, are... Uh, engaged you know so she's immediately guilty about it but edward edward understands he actually remarks like you're only human bella um page 553 533 and as much as i might wish otherwise so is he there are holes in your life that i can't fill i understand that like he's not thrilled he's disappointed that bella sort of fell for the manipulation but he understands why and he's not angry at her as long as like she's okay like he just wants to reassure her like hey it's okay can move past it there are other things to think about right now um he definitely doesn't want to take advantage of her either she weirdly insinuates that oh like oh we should have sex right at this very moment which is very bizarre reaction to having just kissed your best friend like i want to have sex with you um and he immediately is like absolutely not we're not doing this he doesn't want to take advantage of her when she's in such like an emotional state and also you shouldn't he knows too like you shouldn't have your first time as a reaction like as like a reaction to a negative encounter that you had um that's not the way to go about it um it's a good thing that they didn't do anything because the fight has begun um he does his very best victoria the uh lead protagonist actually comes to their campsite so he has to protect her one-on-one um and he does end up succeeding they end up winning the fight um but he's also very cautious when approaching bella again because there is this off chance that she's like deeply traumatized um from seeing him fight um you know seeing vampires fight and seeing him kill somebody can be a lot for somebody and he's always very cautious about it And he tries to comfort her um especially when jacob is revealed to have been injured he tries to comfort her as well because he knows how heartbroken she'll be um he doesn't let her take off Jacob's bracelet, uh, claiming that it's a part of who she is. You have to, you should keep it on. Even though it's a gift from Jacob, he wants her to keep it on because he knows how much Jacob means to her. Um, he continuously asks, like, did you, did you make the right choice? I want to reassure you. I want to know that you made the right choice. And she basically says yes. Um, she goes to see Jacob when he's hurt, um, and in page 594, Bella says, at least he doesn't threaten to kill himself to make me kiss him. Jacob, I don't care either. I knew you'd forgive me, and I'm glad I did it. i do it again. At least I have that much. So Jacob doesn't even apologize for what he did earlier. He basically says, I'm going to do it again just so I can kiss you, just so I can have you, which is so awful. And they're trying, she's trying to have a conversation with him to talk about what they, they went through earlier um and he's just making it worse um but thankfully he is able to at least let bella go in that moment um he does obviously regret it but he lets bella go knowing full well that she is gonna go through with the marriage she does reaffirm that this is something that she wants to do um but he does imply that they might never see each other again that he just can't accept it that he there's no way they could possibly be friends after this and he just is like, I'm going to have to leave your life. And she's just going to have to accept it um, because he just can't handle it, apparently. Um, and that's why Edward is so like concerned because she's heartbroken that like her friend has officially left her life. Um, and he wants to make sure that this is something that she really wants to begin with because she's losing so much to have um, this relationship with him. And he actually breaks off um, his end of the bargain or her end of the bargain, so that um, she can have what she wants. Like, he won't he won't wait until marriage um, just so that, like, she's not doing something just because he wants her to do it. He wants to make sure that she is marrying him for the right reasons, not just because she wants to become a vampire, not just because she wants to have sex. Um, so he's willing to get rid of all of that right at this very moment to, like, test her on it. And he is very serious about it, but it is – it just becomes like a test for her. And she does end up being like, no, like I do actually want to marry you. I do actually want this. Um, Edward actually mails an invite to the wedding to Jacob just out of courtesy because he knows, um, Bella would want him there. Um, even though obviously we know what happened. Um, and that's pretty much how it ends. Um, I don't know about you guys, but it's it's quite the whirlwind of stuff. I hope you all enjoyed my summarization of everything. Um, if I forgot anything, please let me know. But now let me let me talk about how I feel about all this. Uh, I'm sure you already know where I'm going with this. I am wholeheartedly Team Edward. Um, and I don't think it's because of what happened at the beginning. I think the beginning of their relationship was juvenile mysterious i don't know what's going on that sort of thing it also happened very quickly i believe the first book happens with only in the span of like two months or maybe not even like three like it's very quick how fast the book progresses especially the climax of the book happens within like a week um so it all moves very fast i think they have some really genuine conversations that i really enjoyed i loved them, them getting to know each other um but I think an eclipse is where I really am just like, yeah, he's good for her. Because even though he has his flaws, even though he's had, like, he's left her, he's trying to do so much to do what she wants. She's, he's trying to accommodate to her feelings, accommodate to what she wants, really trying to understand her better so he doesn't make the same mistakes again. And I do think he left for a pretty decent reason. Obviously, I would be devastated too, and I'd be hurt but just understanding like he left because he wanted her to have a life that didn't involve danger or didn't involve that i think anyone would feel like that if they felt like they were putting their partner in danger that that they should be more safe within in in a relationship with somebody else um and so he wanted to let her go but i'm glad that he also acknowledged that this was not a good choice that it put her into this mental state And like I said, he knew it would put her into this mental state because of Alice's visions, which I think there's a certain level where he can forgive him or he can't. I don't think it's okay that he knew ahead of time how this was going to pan out um, and didn't want to change it. I think maybe he was under the impression or convincing himself that she would be fine eventually, just not at the very beginning. Uh, But I think that goes for anybody who's breaking up with somebody. um, You know it's going to hurt them but you know you have to. It's like that obligation. I think he felt that a lot. Um, I, I really don't like Jacob. I really liked him at the beginning. I liked him before he became a werewolf, but I don't think he's handling uh, at this point. I don't think he's handling a lot of the transition that's happening in his life. So much is happening and he's only 16 years old. He's so young that he doesn't... He just became this monster for the first time. He's barely understanding the transition. He has all of these emotions. And he's deeply in love with a girl, which happens to everybody when they're 16, 17 years old. And so I really don't think he's handling any of it well. So all of his reactions are overblown. Any boundary that could have been set up by Bella wasn't. He clearly wasn't taught how to gauge if you should kiss somebody or not. I think... Him forcefully kissing her and then manipulating her into feeling bad about not kissing him again was so wrong. It just screams red flags. Um, I think, like yes, there's there's issues with uh ever watching her when she sleeps and whatnot. But I think a lot of that was taken care of at the beginning. And you can judge Bella all you want for accepting that, but she did, and it actually. It didn't pan out bad. If this is anybody else, it could pan out bad. But you have to take into account that this is a vampire. We're speaking about not an actual human being. Um, and I think, too, to take in, I think we should take into account how Bella feels about this entire thing. She's mentioned constantly over and over again, Jacob's just a friend. I wish he was my brother. Um, and she has deep feelings forever. This is the first time she's fallen in love with somebody. And I don't think her final choice was just about Edward either. She really wants to become a vampire. She really wants that life for herself. She wants the future that she sees with Edward significantly more than she um, sees the future with Jacob. And I really think overall, Edward was just a much better fit for her. Jacob didn't... He needs to grow up more, pretty much is what I'm saying. He needs to grow up more to end up deserving the type of love story that he could have had with her. I think he was too emotional, too obsessed... Um, to really accommodate to her feelings, to her emotions in the way that she needed at the, that time as well. And he just couldn't accept when she told him no, when she told him that she doesn't like him. He just could not accept it in the way that Edward could, because Edward has spent 104 years on this earth. You know, he spent even longer by now. Um, so he he can understand, he can take that rejection. Uh, so I just think, Jacob needs to grow up, stop being complainy whiny just accept when someone tells you that they don't like you please he didn't have to lose bella as a friend he didn't have to have all of this emotional turmoil with her and make her feel so bad and awful all the time they could have had a really nice healthy friendship but because he was so obsessed and so upset by everything like it just was never gonna happen so that's my stance on it i love to know what you guys think um I know, I know there's going to be a lot of debate about how you feel about certain things, but I'm just going from, you know, how it all panned out and just how they, how Edward and Jacob both dealt with very similar issues of dealing with Bella, which I think was a task all in its own. Um, so yeah, definitely, uh, DM me on the and cut the podcast. If you have any comments or things you want to talk about, I'd love to know what you guys think. Thank you all for listening and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Bye guys. Watch the button.